Hello, my name is Claire and you are listening to the Hypno Birthing Podcast. Hello everybody and welcome back to the podcast. I hope everybody is doing good. Today's episode of the podcast is a really exciting episode. I spoke to Kat and Sarah from The Sleep Mums all about baby sleep and kind of some tips for those first newborn days and how to survive those those first kind of months and years really of having a baby and even if you have previous children every baby is different as we know. Kat and Sarah are baby sleep experts so as I said they came on and they shared some of their wisdom with me. I really hope you enjoy the episode and find it helpful. I will play it for you now. So hello and welcome to Kat and Sarah from The Sleep Mums. If you guys would just introduce yourself to our listeners. Hi, I'm Kat. I'm one half of The Sleep Mums um, and I'm a mum of three. I'm a broadcaster and presenter and writer and uh, Sarah is one of my best pals and she helped me out when my firstborn was really, really struggling with sleep. In fact, that is how we became pals because she <laughs> saved my life uh, when my eldest wasn't sleeping. <laughs> <Obviously>. <laughs> Um, I'm Sarah, the other half of the Sleep Mums, and yes, um, helper of all people who need more sleep. Um, I started doing, I've just worked out this morning actually that I have now been doing this job for 20 years exactly. Wow. Um, And the reason I worked it out was because someone was saying, but you know, how do you survive on so little sleep when sleep's what you do? And um, I was like, well, actually, I definitely remember in the early days training myself to survive on so little sleep. It didn't come naturally and it was definitely an adjustment to me. Um, So, yes, and I think Kat and I definitely um, bonded sitting on her bed at 3am doing the night feeds and it just um, lasted from there and the sleep mums developed. So, yeah, it's all very exciting. So, so as as I said, we were kind of, Sarah helped me out. I got in touch with her a friend through a friend of a friend um my firstborn had tongue tie and was doing the classic was up kind of every 45 minutes I was completely broken um and met Sarah and I'd read a lot of the books I'm a bit of a nerd and um as as lots of parents are to be honest you know because you're desperate for answers um and so even though I had a really good understanding of a lot of the things I still didn't feel like it had really been explained to me or I or that I'd been given any real practical help because a lot of the books made you feel like if it didn't happen exactly like x y and z then there wasn't really a solution and there was always it was always very extreme and you sort of felt quite patronized I felt quite patronized anyway by a lot of um the the parenting books at, at that point um so when Sarah and I became friends we always talked about writing a book that wasn't like that um because Sarah's help was so instrumental not 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 just in terms of the practical stuff but I think in terms of in the holistic approach that really it's as much about you as a parent as your baby um because you know you're kind of symbiotic um pair yeah so we always talked about writing a book and then when the pandemic happened um so we sort of we we kind of 
joked about that I'd had a second child by this point after glasses of wine regularly chatting about writing this book and then the pandemic happened and I said why why don't we do a podcast we'll just do six episodes to support parents in those first few months because there's so little support out there Sarah was a bit of a reluctant star um but whenever I'm trying to persuade her to do something I just say just do it for the kids (laughs) and um we we did six episodes and um the sleep mum's just kind of exploded and the book developed from there as well after we well we've done nearly 70 episodes of the podcast top 10 parenting podcast uh won awards and uh have our book sleep better baby um, which we published with harper collins last year and um, we're super proud of it and we um still kind of can't believe i think how where we've come from and what we've what we've created but most importantly within that I we hope that we've created a community that is supportive and understanding and non-judgmental when it comes to particularly to sleep but also to parenting in general because um that's that's what we wanted to buck against from the outset so I feel like I've just done a massive big monologue there (laughs) no it's great it's great for for listeners to get to know like a little bit about both of you and obviously your backgrounds and where the sleep mums kind of came from and I think that yeah the fact that it's it's originated from a situation that so many of us are in when we obviously first have our our babies and sleep is one of those things isn't it that I think before you have kids you don't really realize how quite valuable it is and then as soon as you have babies you're you're like oh my goodness like how, how do I survive on such little sleep and then you kind of get it can get a bit um not competitive but you know you get you always get bums that say oh my baby sleeps right through and then you feel terrible about yourself because your baby doesn't and it's one of those things I think yeah we all need help with it don't we and finding that resource and that that safe space where we feel like you know Mm -hmm. we're with we're with friends and, and things like that is really important isn't it yeah I think you've hit the nail on the head it's like we all need help no matter what happens so even the ones who are getting sleep or having these sort of full night sleep they've still got other things that they want support from so it might be their the choices that they've made to get that full night sleep they want to feel supported in those choices so it doesn't always have to be a negative I think sleep is so negative in any parenting circle whenever it comes up whenever it's talked about it is competitive it's really competitive and then everybody has their view and opinion on it and everybody's way is the right way because it worked for them so it is the right way but then everybody gets very defensive of it being the right way so it's a horrible topic really um and so many many parents come away from like your um, parenting groups and classes and things feeling so deflated about sleep because as soon as it's come up in conversation it becomes a negative conversation and I remember that Kat and I talked at length about this at the start of the pandemic because I was still um, able to work so I was still working with clients and it was the first time that although the clients weren't enjoying not being able to go to baby classes and things and they they felt like they were missing out on something the discussions I was having with Kat were you know this is amazing because they actually don't realize the benefit of not going and not comparing and they're all just in their own individual little bubbles and they haven't got that pressure so I saw a really positive side to it but I 
at the same time, I appreciate that for clients, it was really difficult for parents. It was really difficult during that time. But it was nice to have that pressure removed. And it would be amazing if we could just remove that forever and people did stop comparing and being competitive. I think I think the competitive thing as well is that even if even if someone isn't being competitive with you you're so sensitive to it because you're so exhausted that you just you feel like it is everything feels like a slight you know it's like Mm -hmm. because you're tired and and you're unsure and you know I think that that sort of defensiveness comes when we're just we're trying to reassure ourselves of the decisions we've made because it's really intense like aside from that lack of sleep when you've just had a baby that whole life change of being like oh my god I am entirely responsible for this human being Mm -hmm. but not only just to kind of look after them but all those pressures from society to do it right and obviously doing that in kind of quotation marks because there isn't a right but you feel that very intensely I think yeah definitely it's uh it's an intense time and I think yeah the more help people can get in all areas during that postpartum period is just so essential. 100%. So you guys are here to talk about baby sleep, which um, is going to be very, very useful for many listeners. Obviously, probably most people that are listening to this podcast are still in the pregnant stage, um, but they will have this to come and, you know, it's worth thinking about and um, perhaps preparing for uh, before their baby's born. So can you tell us a little bit about what to expect, what happens in those first few days postpartum? Can I just, I, I'm, Sarah can answer that fully, but actually yeah. we just wanted to say being pregnant is actually the best time in the world to be thinking about this stuff because actually you've, you know, sorry, you've got a wee bit more time than you might have <laughs> once baby is here. Um, so absolutely, we we wish when we were writing our book, we were like, we hope that people will read it when they're pregnant, because that will give them an amazing foundation. Because it's not really about, you know, as I said, it's not about right and wrong, but having some understanding of what is about to happen is so useful. So, you know, delighted that, that folk are, are pregnant uh, who are your listeners um, and hopefully we can help sorry on you go there. <laughs> just to reiterate what Kat said is um, you know if you can prepare yourself during pregnancy but not prepare yourself for what you're going to do with your baby what you want to be preparing yourself for is knowing that you have choices and knowing that whatever you do at the beginning doesn't mean that you're going to be doing that a week later two weeks later or a year later, you know, things change so fast. But having that confidence to go with the flow with the changes makes a massive difference to how calm you are as a parent. And you're not going to be calm all the time. It's impossible. Even, I mean, with our sex between us, I think we probably are not calm on a daily basis. So um, that's just life. But it does make a big difference if you have realistic expectations of sleep and really realistic expectations of the support that's available as well and that's not just through people like Kat and I that is actually considering what you want from family and what you want from friends so it's so easy for friends and family to turn up in those first few days and 
they want to see the baby. Obviously, they want to see the baby and they want to sit and have cuddles. But actually, if you make a decision or at least have the knowledge when you're pregnant to know that you can say no and say, actually, I want to cuddle my baby while you do the hoovering or while you cook me dinner or while you make me a cup of tea, that's okay. And I think, you know, that comes across in the book, but it also is just so important to just know that whatever you decide and whatever your strong feelings you have during pregnancy are totally fine with regards to any part of parenting and then it's also totally fine to absolutely flip it on its head and change your mind completely when you have the baby so just yeah being open to choice but in terms of sleep in those first few days it can vary massively like you could get a sleeper in those first few days you could get a baby that literally sleeps 24 7 and just needs to be woken up for feeds or you could get a little one that just doesn't sleep in those first few days so it's knowing that there is no normal there's there's obviously quite a big difference in terms of gestation when baby is born and the 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 birth that that you have um and you know if if baby's a wee bit early quite often they can be very much more sleepy in those first couple of weeks before they kind of wake up um but also even if they're term they might be as well Mm -hmm. um or or they can you know like my daughter who literally popped out like a champagne cork and uh screamed from the moment she arrived in the world and seven years later is kind of still doing the same but (laughs) so there is a personality element of it but I think that it can be a bit of a surprise sometimes for parents when you have a baby and you've been told you're going to have these really sleepless light nights and then they're very sleepy it feels very wrong to be waking them up for feeds in yeah. those initial days but obviously that's really important to do Definitely. I had I had similar actually with, with my first she um yeah I'd say she was probably like kind of up you know as you would I guess expect as a newborn for the first couple of nights but I remember those first nights like being our first we just had, I, I look back now and I laugh at us, like we had no clue what we were doing and we were both up, we were rushing around, like I don't even know what we were doing, just a bit like, oh. we had no idea what was going on and it was just like a, a fog and I look back now and I think it was all so hazy, I don't even really totally remember it, I just remember that we were like a couple of clowns running around not knowing what we were doing and then with our second, she was I had, on the first night, I remember I'd had her at home. She'd had a really calm birth, so this may have had something to do with it. But the first night, she was just so sleepy. And I remember trying to, like, rouse her to wake her. And she just was, like, so happy and asleep. And I was a bit panicked, to be honest, saying to my husband, she's not waking up that easily. Like, what, what do I do? And, you know, you just have to, yeah, you have to wake them. You've got different... They're different, aren't they? And with both of my experiences, no matter the fact that I'd done it before, I still felt like a complete novice that second time because she was a totally different baby. And it surprised me in the way that she was compared to my first daughter. So, yeah, it's expect the unexpected, I suppose, for those first first few days. Yeah. Definitely. And it is like all babies are so different. And I don't think people really realise that even with twins as well. You can quite often have completely different personality twins that need different things in those first few days, too. I think it comes from the kind of, you know, our our mums and, you know, those, those kind of generations before us they kind of give you their wisdom, don't they? But it's quite generalised. So we we perhaps in the same way that I think we grow up thinking birth and giving birth is one way 
I think it's similar with everything like that, isn't it? That we've been told, oh, babies will do this and they'll do this. And we kind of yeah. think that that's what happens. So when it deviates, it's a bit of a surprise. Yeah, definitely. I think so, also there's sort of, there's, there is no preparation for that because you don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And like, that's the most important thing in some ways in those first few weeks is that you are getting to know this whole new being, not just the baby that you've had, but the whole new being of yourself as a parent. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that relationship needs time and space and um, kindness to yourself to allow it to establish um, and I think that's the thing that we sort of feel like we're going to be handed a baby and know what to do you know whether it's mother's or father's intuition that you know oh well you've you've had nine months you've been pregnant you're, you're a mother here's a baby you're going to know what to do and, and it's okay to say that you don't and to find support um, and it's really really important to give yourself the kind of generosity to allow that that relationship and that that self to settle I suppose I mean really as I say like my daughter my eldest is nearly eight and I was thinking about this the other day I feel like only now do I feel like maybe I've settled into motherhood that's eight years you know like and and there's absolutely nothing wrong with I think maybe because I was reading about something but postpartum is essentially any time after you have given birth I'm still postpartum you know yeah. that, and that if we if we start accepting that as this 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 thing that it, maybe we can give ourselves a little bit more kindness I suppose yeah I think um I was talking to somebody the other day actually and talking about sleep like baby sleep and, and children's sleep and um so mine are six and four and I was saying I've only now that when when, when they get a bit older you get that kind of consistency of sleep don't you where at least I know they will go to sleep at a certain time and that most of the time I can be pretty confident that they're going to sleep through the night. And I think that's nice. You have that nice consistency when you have um, a, a new baby or even, you know, not not that new, you know, even for a year or a couple of years, it, it feels so inconsistent. And I used to remember, and I'm sure so many people feel the same, but I used to remember dreading the nights and I'd mm. kind of get to the evening and I'd think, oh no, what's my night going to be like? And, you know, they were waking up normal amounts, you know, they wake up to feed and, but how, like, how do you, how can you avoid that? Or how can you, is that just normal? Is that what, you know, is that kind of a normal part of that, that time period kind of post postpartum of that almost kind of dread? Like how can we look forward to the nights? <laughs> Um, no, in my experience, 99% of my clients, I would say, are dreading the nights, unfortunately, <laughs> because it is quite a lonely time as well. You know, you generally, even if you start with both parents getting up in the night, um, you know, you get to a point where in the end you're saying, no, there's no point in us both being up. So it can feel really lonely. Um, I think that's where kind of WhatsApp groups and things like that are really good because there's always going to be somebody else on the night feed um, or listening to podcasts also really good. Um, but yeah, I don't think I, I don't think it's possible for anybody to not dread nights because you're not meant to be up at night as an adult you know you are meant to be sleeping so it it does feel very alien and very lonely but knowing having the tools to know that you can minimize how often you're up and minimize the length of how long you're going to be up I think does make a difference 
I th- that's I think having confidence, you know, which is is something that's kind of wrought out during those. Say, say you're looking at the first six months or the first year, you know, things are changing so rapidly. So, you know, nights might start off being kind of very brutal because you're up all the time but it's quite consistent so you kind of almost get into a bit of a rhythm you know if you are feeding every three hours or so that's almost sort sometimes can feel more manageable than when you then get stretches and you don't know when you're going to be waking up or even when they start sleeping for longer stretches and then suddenly go back to waking through the night and I think you know um it is changing all the time, which is both a blessing and a curse in some ways. The The blessing element of it is, well, it, things are going to change. So they're changing rapidly, but they're, they're going to change again soon. Yeah. Um, and also it's a curse because obviously it feels like you just get used to managing one thing and then everything changes again. Yeah. But that's why having this kind of like toolkit. So in the book, we have a sleep toolkit, but also a lot of the things we talk about is... Uh, our book is and the podcast in many ways is a, a, a pick and mix so there's a, there's information that people can come and go okay that that works with me and my family and that's what I I want to use rather than kind of a diktat uh, of what people should be doing um uh, so I think in terms of like not dreading the nights the, the biggest advice is to know that um it will change help is out there and we got you if you need us yeah. I suppose I think my um, one of my friends our, our biggest kind of saying to each other and probably still is is it's just a phase yeah. it's just a phase <laughs> like we always just say that to each other if we're having any hard moments I also remember like trying to reframe it a little bit in, a bit in my mind and actually as I look back now because it's quite different obviously now with their sleep and they do sleep through the night um I look back and I think oh they were although it was hard it's quite nice like you're yeah it's lonely and you're the only one up with your baby but I look back now actually quite fondly at some of those times where it was just me and them awake and we were just having Mm -hmm. a little feed and a cuddle and it's quite hard at the time I think to really appreciate those times but they are they are fleeting they don't last long and like everything with having a baby you want you you know everyone knows it, it goes fast um, and it's hard always to appreciate the moment, but I think reframing it sometimes can help. And, you know, it is just you two and it's a nice little bonding time and it won't last forever. <laughs> you know, can sometimes help as well. But I th- and I think it's, yeah, it, when you can manage to do that, that's it's yeah. brilliant. But I think it's also okay to to say, yeah. I am hating this and this yeah. isn't fun and this is not what I thought I signed up for. Because I think we also beat ourselves up a lot about those feelings. Yeah. Um, and it's okay to feel like that. It doesn't yeah. mean that you're a bad parent and it doesn't mean that you're, you know, um, you're doing anything wrong either. I definitely had those moments at the time. I think it's only in hindsight where I look back and think, oh, that was really nice. <laughs> we, um, we've, 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 um, we've done a couple of podcasts with Sarah Turner there on Mumsy Mum and it always oh, yeah. sticks in my mind that she was saying that I, th- I think maybe it was their third well that they um the night they came from no maybe maybe it must have been their first sorry they would come home from the hospital and they were just she says she just remembers looking at her husband and he was just like rocking like a crazy person in the corner with their son and she he just looked at him and went 
I thought this was meant to be fun. Yeah. And it's so true. It's like you sort of think parenthood is going to be the thing. And then yeah. you're like, this is not fun. Yeah. There are <laughs> some mean, hard I, moments. Yeah. Yeah. And there is so much joy. Of course, there's so yeah. much joy. But it's all, I guess it's just, you know, saying that the, the not fun moments aren't, aren't an umbrella that needs to cover everything and it doesn't mean that you're not a good parent yeah it's okay it's okay to have those hard moments so do you have some tips on baby sleep in those early days that you can give to expectant parents definitely learn how to swaddle and do it even when you feel like they don't like it they all love it but you just need to practice 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 Um, and if you want to just sit and cuddle them every day all day that's totally fine you can 100% change that when you're ready Um, and ignore advice like sleep when the baby sleeps because realistically you're not going to do that the worst that's the worst (laughs) advice (laughs) I mean, bearing in mind that newborns sleep around 18 hours a day or, well, that's the whole thing anyway. <laughs> yeah, that quite is often, bad. often, like, advice. falling asleep in Tesco's or yeah, exactly. the car. It's um, also, like, you want to, you, I remember, you know, I wanted a bit of time for me. So when they were asleep, mm. I didn't want to sleep. I wanted no. to, do, you know, watch, watch a TV programme or do something for me. Definitely. And that's think- really important for your recovery as well. Yeah, I th- I think that you know those first few few weeks from a sleep perspective, you know the most important thing is I'm just going to go back to is is about f- understanding that relationship, just getting to know your baby, getting to know yourself as a parent, and allowing yourself to recover however your birth has been. Um, there are obviously a few things that you can do that can help support you in your sleep journey, but they're not they're they're not prerequisites, and if you don't do them, it doesn't mean that it's going to be difficult to do anything in the future you can always come back to it when you're ready so the things that you can think about obviously Sarah said swaddling you can um you can use white noise to um help soothe them you can um think about night and day so uh you're kind of trying to the, the, I'm sure you know they say that um babies have kind of a bit of a jet lag when they arrive and you're you're basically just trying to help them sort out their circadian rhythms which are you know essentially that we have these 12 hours of the day and 12 hours of the night although it doesn't quite work like that but if you can kind of uh, sort of say this is daytime so it's light and bright and and um we're we're we use our our daytime voices (laughs) at this point and then at whatever time you're starting your night say from seven o'clock to seven it's the kind of standard that things are a lot quieter lights are down low you use you know a softer voice and that's a a really easy way to start to establish a, a pattern without it being a routine um and really the, those that element of bookending your day having a start time and an end time to your day are, are one of the things that are would be the kind of first thing that can help as you edge as baby grows and you edge towards maybe thinking about more of a routine and what Sarah always says which I think is so important that you don't don't think about sleep think about feed times because really the sleep has to come in between those those times and the feeding is the most important thing when they're really little I think you know it is just be patient really like it's important if you've got your feeds if you um 
you know, if you're confident with the feed in or as confident as you can be in those early days, then that really helps because everything does follow from that. So you've got your feeds, you've got your wind in, your nappy change in, and then your sleep. They're kind of your four key things in those first few days. So it's not the, the main thing is that baby needs to eat and in order to eat they need to be winded and if you're doing those two things then the sleep will follow naturally from that um but yeah it's just about for, certainly for the first few days or the first two weeks really it's about going with the flow I like what you said about if you want to you know cuddle your baby all day long because there is so much conflicting opinions I suppose on that and people Definitely. feel you know people feel like they're not supposed to do that and it will create a sleep association and they'll never be able to do it on their own and it's you know that this baby has spent nine months inside you it everything's so brand new just wants to be Mm -hmm. wants to be near you and you think about a lot of other mammals they have much longer gestation periods or you know their babies are born much more developed than than human babies so you know maybe they do just need that like extra time with us and that's what they're supposed to have where they're on us and they can smell us and, and feel us and, and things like that. So, yeah, I, I like that advice. And again, it's one of those great things of, you know, one day that time period will be gone and they won't forever do that. So it's, yeah, yeah if that I feels think, right, then. I think it's also about looking after the parent. Like mm-hmm. I, um, when, when I had my, like I'm a bit of a, Sarah and I are both, pretty mad and we're always very busy and we're sort of running around chasing our tails and when when I had my son he was he was both early and came out very very quickly um I had a two-year-old at the time um so I you know put her to bed one night he was born put her to bed the next night kind of thing and um and two days later I took her to swimming (laughs) I didn't actually go in swimming but I took her to swimming and I saw there was a lady in the changing room I was there with this tiny baby and she was like um, and she was foreign and she said oh when was your baby born and I I said two how old is he and I said two days and she said today so she obviously thought that I'd literally just come but you know in some ways two days isn't that different and I think that and I think back about that a lot I'm you know my youngest is now one and I think about what have I learned in all that time as um being a parent having now a third child and even though Sarah and I were writing the book when he was born because we got our our deal when um like literally he was a month old uh I think it is just that I have been so much more forgiving to myself in that time and so that you know in those first few weeks whilst I was feeding him I sat on the sofa and I watched endless amounts of box sets and things like that I was not taking mother children swimming and all of these things and my recovery I think was so much better and I think you know I was joking at the start that I say to Sarah do it for the kids but I think it's taken me such a long time to recognize that looking after myself is looking after my children and so in those first few weeks and months if you're cuddling your baby and lying there you you are also resting too and I think sometimes we think oh we must be back on it we must be out and we must be doing stuff particularly if you have other children as well um but so you are kind of looking after yourself by by doing that and if that's what you want to do it's also totally okay if that's not how you're feeling and if you are feeling touched out and that you need space that also is okay because you need to look after you too 
Yeah, that's great advice. I, I definitely did similar to you as well, where I rushed around doing things and I look back now and wonder why I did that to myself because I didn't really need to. And yeah, slowing down a little bit would have been, I think, very beneficial for well, me as well. Like obviously in lots of other countries and societies women yeah. don't do anything for no. 40 days or six mm-hmm. weeks you know yeah. and um we we're off going swimming two days after they've been born you know it's yeah. it's it's kind of crazy and I think at the time I like a bit like the sleep the competitiveness you're like so yeah. wanting to prove mm-hmm. to, to yourself and others that you're coping but quite yeah. often that comes before you don't end up coping which totally happened to me um and uh and and so it's like it, it's sort of not worth it in the long run yeah. you know you're paying a price at yeah. some point it's always okay yeah it's always okay to just do nothing if that feels good and like you said before I think at the beginning um you know when people are coming around to visit is you know get them to do stuff ask them to do things people are so willing to help when you've just had a baby if I went around to visit a friend and they asked me to put a washing load on or, you know, clean their toilet, anything, I would do it because you want to help. You want to be helpful. So don't, and I know it can feel quite awkward, can't it, to ask people for that help in those early days because, you know, know that most people are just there to see the baby. But, you know, yeah, I would, I definitely encourage people to do that and to find that voice and ask for what you need from people who are coming around to visit um, because you are, you're the one that needs to be looked after just as much as the baby. Definitely. Perfect. Well, thanks, guys. Did you have any other uh, tips or anything else that you wanted to share before we say goodbye? Well, obviously, you can listen to our podcast, The Sleep Mums. Uh, as I said, there's over uh, 70 episodes on there, mostly about baby sleep. But we also have another series called A Disease, where we talk to um, experts about um, all elements of baby sleep and beyond. And uh, we have our book, Sleep Better Baby. It's available in all good bookstores online. And Sarah uh, offers one-to-one help if you're struggling with sleep too as she can do that remotely she's amazing she has transformed the lives of many many people including myself yeah she was just telling me she did it remotely and I found that amazing incredible (laughs) that we can do these things now oh totally and doing it remotely actually gives parents so much more confidence because they are learning as they go rather than just handing over and letting me do it for them they're actually learning everything on the way so they have the tools then in place for any blips that happen so it is amazing yeah that's that's a good point yeah well thank you so much guys I'm sure yeah the people will find it very very interesting and helpful for those early days and I'll leave all of the links and where people can find you in the show notes that they can go and get any extra support that they might need um, from you guys as well. But thank you so much. It's been so nice to talk to you both. A big thank you to Kat and Sarah for taking the time to talk to me all about baby sleep. I hope that you did find it useful. And as we kind of said during the episode, even though, of course, most of you who are listening to this will still be in their pregnancy, it's really useful actually to think about baby sleep and kind of get used to learning a little bit about it while you are still pregnant so that when your baby is born you know a lot about baby sleep and you kind of know what type of approach you might like as we always say knowledge is power so I will leave their details their website a link to their book in the show notes as well so you can go and check them out 
thank you so much for listening as always i'll leave all of my course details and links below as well my website my instagram where you can come follow me and find me i talk about lots of birthy birthy things on my instagram all of the time so um, i'm over there if you want to come and follow along i will be back in two weeks time with the last episode of the season so i will speak to you then 